Hello, Annie Trenders. We're back. It's me, James. And joining me, as per usual, is... It's Nico. It's ya boy Nico. Yes. I wish, like, we had someone in our group that could have the name, like, ya boy blank flow a lot better, like, with ya boy Kongming. Yeah. I don't know, it's just like, it just, it just flows off the tongue so well with that. We'll have to look I feel like that. our boss has a name like that if we say his full first name. Ya boy Kwak Kwai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that could work. Uh, so, uh, how, how are things going for you, Mr. James? I didn't do all my homework. I was supposed to get totally caught up with the show, and um, I've only watched like eight episodes out of the 12 that are out. Oh my, oh, of the specific show that we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Just like in real life, I'm behind on my actual homework, and I'm behind on my anime homework. But this one shouldn't feel like homework, because... It doesn't, it doesn't. It's just, um, like, whenever I sit down to watch it, I enjoy it, but it's the act of sitting down to actually watch it, because I'm like, I should probably be doing homework instead. So I usually just watch while I'm eating, and there's only so many meals in a day that I can actually sit down and do that. Oh, you're like one of those people that you like have to watch while you eat and like it's hard sometimes it's like you get in the habit of like if you're watching something without eating <laughs> like it gets it gets weird like you have to have like okay lunch break time to watch a thing. Yeah. Well, it's 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 more that eating is one of the like times where my eyes aren't doing very much but the rest of me is still engaged in something so I'm, you know, quote unquote multitasking. But aside from that, uh Things are okay. We've had some weird weather where I am. It was 100 degrees yesterday, uh, and today it was 68 and raining. I think you have whatever the weather I've had, but, like, maybe a day or two late, because, like, it's been like that for here, and it's, like, now finally the uh, time of the year where it rained once, and so now it's going to rain, like every other day for the foreseeable future and get all sad. I'm okay with that. But it, No, it's, I love rain. No, I know. It's like the mood is sad, but it feels so nice as like a release from everything else going on of like, yes, it's yeah. finally that one time of the year because we've had like an ungodly amount of sun. Yep. Um, uh, our old, our old university's Memorial Union flooded, apparently. Really? Yeah. That's that's inconvenient because like the bowling alley and all the cool stuff was all like, the video all games are downstairs downstairs in that building. So all of the water yeah. can only go like one direction. So I guess they now have like a really cool pool full of <laughs> arcade cabinets. Yeah. The, the underground <laughs> the underground pool. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten the details, but since I, I still keep in touch with the with my underclassmen, some of them are still there and they're like, yeah, it's flooded out. Oh, wow. So. Well, that's a it's a bummer. Yeah, it's less than ideal. But anyway, enough. Pr how about how about you? I realize I've been talking a lot. How have you been? Uh, it's gone pretty good. I mean, I think from the work life balance has been nice, and then my my play has felt like work now because I think there's so many shows that have come out in the last week that not only demand my attention but deserve it as well. Um, oh yeah, because like last week we just had the uh, Netflix uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime drop, which oh yeah yeah oh man, if anyone was at the premiere at Anime Expo, you knew from that first episode that it was going to be a hit, um, smash hit of a game. Uh, Didn't Kojima tweet about it? 
He was tweeting about that. He was tweeting about Licorice Recoil. Um, he he's been he's been on point, I guess, with his with his anime taste. Um, yeah, which which I honestly expect from him at this point. Like, yeah, he's got he's got to have that good taste. And I'm about halfway through Edge Runners at this point, loving it, loving the sub, loving the dub. It's one of the shows. It it actually is surprisingly one of the shows that I'm like I I do prefer the dub over the sub. Um, just because it kind of fits the setting a lot more. Yeah, um, I found that a lot. Um, that like shows that are set in either like the far future, like outer space, or actually set in America work really well. Like I really like the Space Dandy dub, and I really like the Bacano dub. Mm, yeah, yeah, of course, Bacano is classic on there. Um, and then also it's like you, even on the uh, Japanese side. Um, for the sub, it's like it's still good. I mean, the, the voice acting from Oyuki's great. Um, I forget who else is on this. There's, there's a lot of powerhouse hits on like both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'd be kind of curious as to how people would think going into either of them. But I, I've been really excited. It's kind of like the first trigger show in a while that I'm like, wow, they really don't hold back on a lot of the scenes going in. Whereas like previous trigger shows is they're kind of like a little too cartoony in some ways. Like that's, that's not yeah. saying it's bad necessarily, but like you take something like kill the kill or dead leaves where like the violence is there and it's a little bit less of an impact just because it's undercut by a joke. Every other scene. Yeah. Or like a joke or like, I mean, it's like kind of cartoon physics at that point. Like there's still be moments mm-hmm. like in kill a kill where someone gets like, like everything like destroyed inside of them like they just get totally obliterated but it's like you know like they're not going to like be reduced to like a puddle of flesh and blood like whereas in cyberpunk it's because it's a lot more grounded like the the violence gets wild from there that's um, exciting yeah it's it's really exciting on there um imaishi is classic classic director so it's just like very much, um, I don't even want to call it like return to form because it's just, he's always had this form, you know, it's just like, yeah, I think it's just a different venue to express it. Yeah. Like the difference of like, he, he got whatever the inspiration he needed, which I think I said this story before, but like the whole, I, I know the AX panel where they mentioned that how like they had the test build of the game. Um, and then it was like, Imaishi beat it with just like using the hammer, like the whole time. <laughs> Just a single hammer. Like, this is supposed to be, like, a game where, like, your melee weapons become, like, katanas and all this other stuff. But, like, like I just kind of imagine him, like, emotionlessly just, like, smacking people. Like, he's some sort of, like, like Halloween movie villain. Yeah, like, that is pretty funny. Yeah. I should watch it. I'll try to get around to it. There's a thing called Fall Break, which is basically just a long weekend. But you get, like, I think, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or it's Wednesday through Sunday off. Which is separate from Thanksgiving break, which is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll see if I can watch it then. Uh, I know that's kicking the can pretty far down the road, but for the foreseeable future, that's kind of all I I know. I can ch- block out a chunk of time to to binge yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, it's it's good because I mean it's all out, so it's all ready to go whenever. Um, it's kind of like you you just know watching it, you're gonna probably enjoy it going into it. Um, mm-hmm. There was also, I guess. This is not anime, but last night the um, Disney Plus ended up releasing the new Star Wars Andor. I've been seeing ads for that on YouTube. 
Yeah, it's like supposed to be a prequel to Rogue One, where like the the main dude from that, it's like kind of like his backstory going into like eventually leads into like the Rogue One stuff. Um, I've seen only the first episode so far, and I've enjoyed what I have seen. I know Agnes has watched all of it as of like one a.m. last night, just because it was like midnight already out. Yeah, I think she was probably like the first person on Disney Plus to to finish. Andor, and she liked it a lot. So I guess the thing, the key thing is that it, it doesn't rely on the remember Barry sort of thing. The idea of like something new doesn't have to have like a bunch of callbacks to previous stuff. It oh, really yeah. much like exists in its own vacuum, which is kind of like what I liked a lot about some of the Star Wars Visions bits where yeah. it's like the remembrance is like not specific events, but at least uses some of the lore in the anime um, and kind of builds its own little individual crafted story. Whereas this is kind of like going to be one one story, three episodes, all the way through. It's not anime, but it's something to do if you need to find uh, alternative outlets to watch. Yeah, if you've, if you've <laughs> run out of things to watch, which I find hard to believe, but I don't know, sometimes people get like that. Oh, I was suddenly reminded of a, of a thing that happened yesterday, because mm-hmm. yesterday was the 20th, which is uh, the last day to watch Goodbye Don Glees, and I was chatting with Medi in a group chat, and I we had, we, Gracie had just finished watching uh, Review Starlight, and so we were talking about it, and talking about like the music and the songs and everything like that, and... Then I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Yoshiaki Fujisawa did the music for Goodbye Don Glee's. And he's like, isn't that the movie that is like that movie thing? And I'm like, yeah, by the director that directed A Place Further Than the Universe, which is one of Medi's favorite shows. And he's like, what? This is a movie? And I'm just now learning about it? And I was like, yeah, today's the today's the last day that they're screening it. And he looked it up and is like, the latest screenings for the theaters near me started 15 minutes ago. Like, it was 7.45 Pacific time when the last screening started at 7.30. I mean, at least he got out to watch it. I'm a little bit... No, he didn't. He's like, "Ah, I'm not going to make it in time. Because, like, he would have to, like, leave the house, drive to the theater, buy the ticket. He's already 15 minutes late. Like, even assuming the theater's super close by, that would still be, like, another 15 minutes. And at that point, he's probably already a solid, like, third of the way through the movie. So he's just going to have to wait till it comes out later. Jam. I just felt, I I don't know, it it was just kind of a goofy thing, because I was a little bit in disbelief, going like, I sent a picture of me going to see this movie, I like took a picture of the poster as I was walking into the theater, I know you saw that. Yeah, like, usually I would have thought he would have been on point with knowing that the director was directing Yeah. I'm going to call it his second favorite series now, even though it probably was his first favorite before Ruby Starlight came out. Um, Probably? (laughs) We can just ask him later. We could ask him, but like it, it, it's weird to be like this is your second favorite thing. Like it almost is like kind of that. That has a little bit of a negative connotation going into it. Yeah, oh, you just that's why we always just throw it together and say top five, and then fail, and then refuse to elaborate further. Mm-hmm. So we have a uh, top ten. Are we gonna refuse to elaborate yeah, let's, further let's... on this, or are we just gonna go? Yeah, this? let's do it in no particular order. <laughs> You're going to have to just no. figure it out based on our reactions of what we want. <laughs> no, no, we'll no, do it, no, we'll no, do it no, in we'll order. Do we'll order. be regular. All right. Yeah. Chart check. Uh, insert drop. Um, in first place, up six spots from last week. Classroom of the Elite 2. Okay. Okay. Actually, 
You know how I said we're not going to elaborate further on this? I actually would think this requires further elaboration. All right, go off. Uh, this ain't real, bro. Like, I don't, I don't believe this result. Only because, like, okay, I'm a, I'm a classroom elite hater. Uh, I hate this show. I hate everything it stands for. The people have spoken, Nick. I'm I'm afraid, bro. Like the future. It's just okay. So, like, my I I could just refuse to elaborate further on this, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 something that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so toxic right now. It's like one of the things that I'm like, please stay away from Twitter. If if any of these hashtags come out for Class of the Elite, it just it just bugs me. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of like really weird stuff going on to a story that's just doesn't. It's not. It's not co- coherent and it's not cohesive at the same time. Like it's just. I see. Like it's just. There's so many other shows that I feel like I could watch to get my sociopath power tripping f- fantasy high from, mm-hmm. and this one ain't it because everyone is like dumb for the sake of the plot. So that main character is smart, but he's also using people like tools because I don't know. I, I'm just I, the only thing I'm saying is like if you self-identify as Kiyotaka, like that, stay away from me, please, because like that's weird. Yeah. Uh, well, it jumped six places, which means either it had a really stellar episode or all the fans of the show rem- remembered that they had polls to vote on and actually I, I showed feel up. Like they had to all spirit bomb this one because like. There's no way from like the production issues that were happening right now. Is this is this yeah. the very last week? Because this is week ten. We still have um, we still have like two more re- release results for the season before moving on to finals, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I like, don't remember the specifics. It would be kind of funny if it ended at first place just because everybody came out of the woodwork. I I would have to have a conversation behind the scenes with the anime cabals. Uh, not not saying that that's actually a thing that happens because that would like actually destroy the integrity of the polls, but um, I can't ignore the people. So the point is to uh, Nick's just gonna complain really loudly. I'm just gonna chat. I'm just gonna see like Lucas recoils at number one. I'm like, stop the count. We're done. No more no more <laughs> polls. We're done. Number one. Yeah. Number one show. Well, it's number two for this week. So yeah, in second place is uh, Lakota's recoil. Third place is Call the Night. Uh, the fourth place website only, uh, which is a fantastic little re-entry, which is kind of neat, uh, into the top 10 is summertime rendering. Uh, and then the other fourth place due to our particular policies with this, um, is Shadows House season two. Uh, fifth place is Maiden Abyss, the golden city of the scorching sun. Sixth place is the Yakuza's guide to babysitting. Uh, seventh place is Engage Kiss. Eighth place is Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon 4? Ninth place is Vermeil in Gold. And tenth place is My Stepmom's Daughter is My Ex. I think it's interesting to see how much Vermeil in Gold has kind of been seesawing, because it like jumped up eight spots last week, I think, to go to the third place, and then now it's dropped down to ninth place. Like it's having huge swings in popularity. So is it's one of those like romantic comedy kind of shows, right? Or is it like yeah. etchy comedy? Etchy comedy. Like so maybe it's the, just the punchline the punchline the punchline is the protagonist is like fourteen and then the familiar he summons has big booba. Oh. Say no more, Chief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, because sometimes with comedy it's like it really depends on On um, the episode, yeah. Yeah, like the episode like which ones land land more with some of the jokes. Um 
or like really really makes or breaks it because i remember there's like a couple episodes of like some shows that stick out to me just because of like one particular bit that yeah. i always laugh when i go back to the, those same scenes like like i think amagi brilliant park is like a brilliant example of one of these where um there's like two or three episodes that i think are just way funnier just because of like one or two scenes Mm-hmm. but and like when i think back on the show it's like yeah it was, it was kind of a, like above average like okay kind of um like comedy but like some of these scenes were just so funny from like the whole build up everything else that it's just like like it, it kind of just really really makes me think of the show like every time when i remember the, those parts i just just yeah. left like a really good impression also, it was something that, like, I ended up watching, like, all 12 episodes in one sitting at midnight on New Year's Eve one time with my friends, so, like... That's how you know that... They all blended together, so it's like you had every, like, really good scene, and it, it just felt like one episode, but it was just... The entire show is just a single smear frame. <laughs> yep. Sorry, what, what were anyway. you going to say? I, I was saying that, like, my, my previous description is actually pretty reductive. Uh, I've read some of the manga for it, and... It's got, like, a plot. It moves fairly quickly, too, into, like, hey, here's, like, the person that we need to fight, and there's actual stakes and stuff. And it's, I think it's, I think that's pretty neat. So, it's not, it, it's, it's got substance, but it also has, like, that goofy, like, the whole premise is kind of the joke of, here is your main character, who's this, like, young teenager with, with self-esteem issues, and he summons a very confident kind of Ada Ada Onesan character. And then, you know, hijinks. I don't know. I, I just think it's, I don't think I've seen a show kind of swing up and down as much as Vermeil and Gold. Yeah, it just seems like one of those ones where it's like, I'm going to have to like kind of approach it once it's all done or just kind of see what, I'm going to talk to Gracie offline just to be like, because I know she's keeping up with everything. So it's like, what, yeah. what is, what could be causing this swing up and down? Yeah. See, if she wasn't currently dying, she would just like weigh in and be like, "Yeah, the episode wasn't she's, that great." She's and not, then all she's this not speculation. Dying, by the way, just 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 gotta like throw that out. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, let, it's me, like let me busy, rephrase that. If she wasn't drowning busy, in work, insane work season. Yeah, that happens every year at this exact day. Yeah, I and I know the reason why now because I learned a fun trivia fact about um, water resources the other day. So that's that's chart check. So we got. Kachow. Weird, weird stuff going on at that top, but uh, everything else I'm cool with. Um, yeah, classroom we, elite. Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna say, like, we're gonna jump into kind of like talking about the number two show for the week, <laughs> but number one in my heart, uh, Licorice Recoil. Um, this kind of kind of I felt like this was like long time coming just because of like it was really strong just even off the bat for the show. Yeah, it it started off strong and it has continued to have a very good showing. You know, I I had my little confession at the beginning of the episode here, but like I have watched now eight episodes of it and there doesn't seem there it just doesn't feel like there's been kind of a dead episode, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got there's a lot going on, I guess, within the plot and I feel like at this point we have pretty much like two questions i guess that we could try to answer within the the show mm-hmm. um where i feel like most of it it's kind of wrapped up pretty clean if they if they really wanted to do a second season of it i think they would have more than enough material to kind of like make yeah and they've built they've built a world that allows for a pretty easy way to do sequels or kind of a spin off like they have the world with this organization 
I don't want to like think too big or too corporate maybe, but like it would not be hard to just produce more Likoda's content. Just like maybe not focusing on Chisato and Takina, but there's an entire organization that you could focus on. And then also I think there was like a mention that there's like a guy's version of it as well. Yeah, the Lily Bell, which I was I was joking that the um instead of it being like school children, I kind of imagined the, the school the uniforms that these uh guys would wear would be like kind of like the Orin High School host club uniforms. <laughs> It'll all be kind of like James Bond style. That's not that's not that actually isn't what like the actual design ended up looking like, which I was I was actually a little disappointed at that design, but like only because I had crafted like the perfect design in my head, so anything that deviated from that was obviously not it was automatically bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, automatically bad. Um, this isn't what I thought it was, therefore it's bad. So for a viewer who hasn't seen Licorice Recoil or hasn't heard about the hype for this season. Um, giving like a quick rundown of it is kind of like imagine a perfect society on the surface, but actually the reason why everything is so perfect is because the secret police is run by an organization that employs uh, orphan teenage girls as assassins to take criminals out before they're even like in the public eye. It is. It makes it feel a little bit like. Um... You know, speaking of that, uh, it reminded me a little bit of Minority Report, as in there's like this giant AI that that observes everything and can predict when crimes are going to happen. Not necessarily by like seeing the future, but more like kind of taking the information it has to create a projection of the future. And then based on like certain people's movements and their their habits and what they happen to be carrying on them, thanks to like security camera footage and all that other stuff, it predicts like, hey, a crime is going to happen at this point. And then it sends off people to um, to either deal with it before it becomes an issue or adjust the outcome so that it can be seen as a as an accident instead of like, you know, a terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like the same idea that this government ends up trying to employ. Um, there's a lot of action and firefights that happen throughout the show um, that the mm-hmm. public is largely completely unaware of. Like at that point, they're like, oops train had a little accident but luckily no one died and there was only a few injuries because we're really safe Um, everything is fine and there is some kind of plot going around like okay what what actually would happen if people found out that this is this is actually happening because that that would freak me out a little bit oh Um, yeah i'd be super suspicious of like everybody at that point um so yeah so the main thing is that it follows you have like kind of a larger group of I would call them the main office of, they call them DA for direct attack. Um, but then our main character, Takina, ends up getting fired from DA or at least transferred to a Transferred to a small outpost. That no one cares about, uh, which is known as Licorice uh, Cafe, Cafe Lico Rico. It's basically yep. a front where you... It, it's a front for the DA. Yeah, it's the excuse for them to put in fluffy slice of life scenes into the show. Exactly, it's like that mix. It's like it's got what you want. You want the fluffy slice of life, and you want the action and shooting, which again is kind of a weird. Like I didn't think that they would actually pull off the 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 genre melt blend together because sometimes I've mm-hmm. seen shows do this where they don't commit too hard to like either one. Either one, yeah. 
I would say that, like, from the main characters, it's like they do take some damage as they're going through it. Um, and I, I just feel like within this show, it's like a lot of the, like, there's a lot of red shirt characters that end up getting obliterated in this. And it's, it's kind of funny how they kind of, like, pass that off and, like, kind of forget about it as the show goes on. But yeah. It's kind of weird. Like it's like I'm not expecting like the amount of violence I'm seeing from some of it. Like even even if it's not really shown that much on screen, I just, I just felt like there was like a lot of the off screen violence, and I'm like, wow, that was a that was a little horrifying considering this is supposed to be the fluffy show about the cafeteria girls, the cafe girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't know. It it does a pretty good job juggling between the two atmospheres um because mm-hmm. if if it is if it is being lighthearted and is going to transition to be something more serious um it it lets you know ahead of time like it'll sprinkle a little bit in to be like oh something's happening and then so when it actually happens you're not surprised and it doesn't feel like it's coming out of nowhere um they telegraph that pretty 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 good which is important for big tonal shifts like that so so you are up to episode eight, right? Cause like eight, yeah, I just eight. finished the episode with uh the Forbidden Bar. Okay. Yeah. Which I which I think was a good place to stop right before here because it's kind of the episode where things start really getting where we really start getting more and more questions because we have the guy from the Allen Institute and then it's revealed and then Mika's like, Oh my god. I wasn't. You weren't supposed to find out about this. And it's like, ooh, secrets. Yeah, I'm gonna say. So I'll just preface. We'll, we'll probably have spoilers up to episode eight, and then maybe minor spoilers that shouldn't affect your enjoyment of episode nine, ten, eleven. I'll I'll double check which ones are like specific on it. Um, okay. Because I I forget kind of like what goes into the um, each of those last couple characters. So we go to the bar. We find out that one of the dudes that has been frequenting frequently the cafe. In the bar cafe actually has personal connection with shisato our other main character who is the star of the show um for a variety of reasons mostly because she has that extremely crafty and uh very ch- i wouldn't say childish but like kind of very she has a back. very she has a very optimistic and laid-back view of the world which we which it's it's a kind of i want to say like common anime character who like isn't that worried about stuff and is kind of under the lives life under the whole, like we're only, you know, make the most of life while you've got it kind of, kind of um, mentality. Meanwhile, Takina on the other hand is a, uh, she is much more the, this is how things operate by the book. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, it's the free spirit and the, the rule follower kind of buddy cop scenario, which is great. It's, it's a tried and true combination of characters. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Chisato has, like, her one rule is that she doesn't want to kill, even though, like, she could definitely kill a lot of her enemies, like, many times over. And I think the way that, um, I think the visuals and the action really telegraph that. Um, and also goes a really long way with the, um, the voice acting, too, because there's moments where she's talking with other fellow, uh, Lycoris, where her, performance from the voice perspective goes from like very cheerful very laid back to also like very deadly at the same time where it it's interesting listening to it because you can feel the inflections change 
Yeah. And so I like, really like her voice acting. Yeah, like the voice acting in this show is like top notch. It, it's not just Chisato. I can go into like some of the other characters, what I really liked, but yeah, with her specifically, it's just it, it's like what makes her so interesting on screen is like you don't know if she's going to like be the one to just like kind of almost kill you with, with like a smile on your face too, and you just, you just don't know like what that kind of wild card energy she brings. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when at the same time she's like also trying to like get Takina out of her shell, so like yeah. trying to make her like not cold hearted, but also at the same time she's also demonstrating like just how scary she kind of is as a person <laughs> yeah it's it, it's interesting uh i i feel like even just aside from the story i could talk about just how much i enjoy the general vibes and and that has to do with uh like first of all the voice acting performance is really good and it's very interesting because it took me a while to put my finger on what exactly intrigued me so much about chisato's voice but i think it's because she speaks like I almost want to say accented Japanese. Like, it sounds like Japanese spoken by somebody who might not necessarily be a native speaker or or might have... Um, it, 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 uh, forgive me uh, for, for saying this, uh, all of you people who are fans of the show and also fans of the person I'm about to talk about. But um, uh, quick question, though, first. How much VTuber content do you consume, Nick? uh negative content negative amounts okay uh you actively reduce the total amount of content going into the world yeah i Um, I, I like avoid anything that even might closely resemble a vtuber so like i i just stay away from like sharks irl you know never know if it's gonna get all sundere on me or not gotcha um so the thing that uh i thought about was uh there's a youtuber named kason who uh has a vtuber rig and then also I feel like it's common knowledge that she was also the voice for uh Whole Lives uh Kiryu Koko. Um but oh, there's okay. a Got way it. that she yeah. speaks there's a way that she speaks Japanese that feels it, it it's a particular it feels a little accented, like in terms of like the way vowels and certain consonant sounds are produced that comes up with the way that Chisato talks. And I think that's really interesting. It's intriguing because it makes her, it makes Chisato's voice very unique and really makes it stand out compared to a lot of other just like voice actresses and characters from this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes her very identifiable, which I think is neat. Um, other language things that I think are cool. Uh, some of our French speaking anime trending staff were watching the show and pointed out that her French is actually really good. Like pronunciation wise, oh really? That's so they, funny. They, they they did the like that's not bad kind of because most of the time we like to make fun of like English and other kind of you know languages that are not Japanese spoken with heavy Japanese accents and sometimes the results can be somewhat comical to native speakers of those languages. But yeah, no, some of our oh native gosh. French speakers on staff were like, no, this French is actually like okay, and, and that's not even just like with japanese i mean this happens like a lot in hollywood i know that the best example if you watch x-men days of future past <laughs> there's the one yeah. scene where uh um, jennifer lawrence's character mystique disguises herself um as, as vietnamese and starts speaking vietnamese and i just remember like sitting next to my friend in the theater um <laughs> And he just he just put his hands on his head, and I just I've never seen that kind of reaction from someone like that. 
where I, yeah. I had heard that like the pronunciation was just so awful in that. And like, I really, really wish I understood how bad it was, but like, yeah, no, it, it's, it's something that you can't like necessarily fake, you know, to get through. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, there was a tweet I remember saying, it's like Licorice Recoil checks off all the, all the, like the three G's of good anime, which was girls, guns, and gay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other question, because, like, that was one thought that... I There's only going to be one more episode from... For the season, or, or series, yeah. depending on what it is. Um, there's gay in one element, which I was, like, kind of, like, really, really excited kind of seeing, where um, Yoshi and uh, Mika. Mika, like... They, they, it's not really on screen, but it's also like implied of a like past relationship uh, between two yeah. men, which I, I thought was interesting coming out of that because I was like, oh, I didn't you didn't expect that kind of going into it. Um, the show. Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty funny, though, because like there, there's at least one part where um, like Takina doesn't understand that Mika was gay. Um, yeah. And so there's, but like everyone in that cafe was like very much aware of like the past between them. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's kind of like that one episode where she's just like not sure, like oh maybe maybe he's uh, dating this woman, and then they're like oh there's like a zero percent chance of that, dog. Yeah. Um, the main question is between I guess like the main two leads. I mean I think I think it's really obvious from kind of like the onset of like kind of where it was leading um, between. Um, but, like, the problem is that from, like, online discourse, it's so challenging because there's a lot of fans that get really defensive when it's LBT, uh, LGBT uh, shipping. Um, mm-hmm. Primarily because it's, like, for some reason, LGBT uh, couples have to have this... Um, there's a double standard. I yeah, think. it's, like, the nasty double standard of, like, you have to, like, somehow show it, like, you have to, like, explicitly show this on screen. There has to be, like, kissing on screen. It has to be kissing and hand-holding. Like, like, it has to be so explicit, whereas, like, um, if there's any uh, ambiguity, um, then people kind of run with that. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those things that it's, like, it's so frustrating kind of dealing with that. Yeah, as opposed to, like, straight couples where it's, like, oh, they made eye contact during an episode. Ship it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of, like, I mean, it, we, I can go into a whole thing on just, like, what, how fan shipping works or, like, how it kind of Look forward to that out. episode, folks. I don't know if I actually have the willpower to do with it. Like, okay, so I, I had, <laughs> there was one time in college where, um... I was at like kind of like a lecture and it was like someone was, it was kind of like one of these freeform things. You kind of just do your own sort of piece. Yeah. And someone did give a presentation about uh, fan shipping, but I didn't think it was done well. It was kind yeah. of just like, here's some ships and like, this is why they're, and, but it didn't give any explanation as to like why a ship happens or What's the whole point of it? And this is from me where, like, I don't I don't really engage with this stuff. It's kind of just, like, you, you, sometimes you just kind of come across stuff and you see it. And so I was, like, I was so frustrated because I was, like, man, there's, like, so many things that could have been explained. As in, like, this is a shift that happens in the game because these two characters can be paired up like this. And then you could explain, like, so many different dynamics outside of just, like 
Like, like you you could try to prove that higher standard of stuff using like all the different materials of like what people bring into the um, like what what causes I guess the consensus on some ships and stuff. Um, yeah, the kind of there's there seems to be like a general consensus on like which ones are valid. And which yeah, ones are not. And then you have the rare pair of shippers who bless them, you know, because they they have an uphill battle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know who you are. I don't send James at Konochioda your rarest pair. Please do. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Just just shoot him at me. No, I'd love I'd love to see it. So I I'm glad we're talking about this though because I I revolve in certain circles. I don't want to necessarily say like fandoms because I'm not actively involved in it, but I am friends with people who are much more actively involved in it so i get a curated selection of um of this kind of stuff and a lot of it is yuri ships and a lot of that primarily comes from review starlight um mm-hmm. but also in one of my little starlight discord servers for the for the mobile game uh there was like a ton of uh like horse recoil stuff that had been coming up and it was actually really funny because I had to like mute the channel for a little bit because I was like, I need to watch the show first. Like, stop sending me, stop sending me fan art of something I haven't watched yet. I know I'm going to get around to it. You don't need to convince me. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of, I think, I wouldn't necessarily put it a totally romantic yet um, for several reasons. I think, first of all, uh, I think talking is a little emotionally stunted. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's more than just like what you would consider friends you know it <laughs> yeah it's like they're they're definitely a lot closer where chisato is trying to get takina out of her hard exterior takina who clearly has not had emotional like any way to like healthily like cope Deal with emotions it. because of the fact that you are like the literal secret police that kills people like on a regular basis that really messes with your psyche and they kind of like it it really shows kind of like the longer she spends away from the da it's like the more she's actually able to flourish in like the day-to-day stuff yeah um which is kind of like what the yeah that's like a lot of what the cafe scenes are trying to do which is why it's super funny because it's like there's like one episode where she uh um talking introduces a special parfait that ends up looking like a giant roll of poop but it ends up being mega popular but she doesn't understand that oh that's what it looked like and that's why people really liked it and so it was like when she finally has a realization she gets kind of embarrassed just because she just didn't have that life experience of like being silly you know um yeah. So on one hand, it's like, it's like, I like that whole, like, oh yeah, that's the fact that they're bringing out different, different aspects of each other that does contribute a lot to the ship. Um, mm-hmm. It's also the other fact is that like, because they showed the other uh, same sex couple, like um, actually having like romantic feelings and everything else with all that um, stuff from there, it makes me more willing that the, sh- uh, to think that the show is going to still keep going that way. Yeah, if you're gonna have like a, if you're gonna actually really heavily imply a gay couple, then the the what we consider to be hints at more of a lesbian couple makes more sense. Because if you're gonna do one, then you would assume that whoever's writing the show would also be willing to to write another. Yeah, and part of even like with with Mika is like Chisato's father figure, and yeah. besides the fact that like Yoshi is also her other father figure, um, to a degree, not as much. 
like kind of it's enough that she's kind of like yeah technically she has that that thought in her head like yeah she technically has two dads in in those ways with both of the characters that's kind of like a small thing that it kind of goes up into the um later episodes on some of the backstory stuff Mm -hmm. um but it's it's interesting because like from the dynamic between mika and shisato he kind of understands like what she's going through like even though she might not show it explicitly or maybe she hides it behind her cheerful facade like she still does have kind of like this um internal conflict of maybe i shouldn't get too close or maybe i should just you know like just be you know funny and silly and stuff um going in and so that's kind of like what the last couple episodes i'm wondering if that's going to be finally addressed or put to bed or if they do like I guess the ultimate, uh, if, if, if someone dies, maybe I have no idea. I have no idea if it's going to go to that, that length. Um, but there's that, that would be a really, uh, that'd be a pretty angsty way to end it too. It's just like your unfulfilled, your, your unrequited love. And now it's just gone. I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think the, the the pacing and the tone of the show so far like they'll they'll do some stuff but i don't think they're gonna like leave it unresolved this seems like a show that is on its way like a lot of the episodes especially like they do contribute to an overarching thing but most of the time the stuff that is introduced at the beginning of the episode is resolved by the end of the episode uh so i doubt they're going to have that kind of consistent resolution every episode and then just leave the show on a cliffhanger Unless there's no more cliff, like you just fall off the cliff, you know. That's no more hanging. <laughs> fall fall off cliff and die. Yeah. It's it's over. Yep. I mean that could be that could be a thing. I don't know if that they would commit to something like that. Um I mean I, I'm I'm up through episode eleven and like again, I, I don't know if that's like one of the ways they could resolve it, but um I hope not. I want this to have like a happy ending, because the show so far has been providing me pretty pretty positive vibes. Dude, I know with all the cheerfulness and stuff, and like it's great. I I like it a lot. the The overall cast of the of the cafe work really well together. I also really like just watching the opening sequence. I think the opening sequence is really pretty to look at. Oh, dude, I know it's like the song, everything else. Claris keeps you know producing bangers. Uh, the the animation it has a lot of that kind of like bounce to it, where it's like the hair moves a particular way and the folds on clothes move a particular way that makes it mm-hmm. seem just a little bit more real. Uh, like definitely one of those like wow somebody had to draw a lot of extra frames in order to get that to happen um mm-hmm. also i i i didn't I, like i had a thought pass through my head as i was watching an episode today of like i wonder if they set up the opening sequence like this just so that whoever was working on it can draw the two leads in like other outfits because most of the time they're either wearing their liqueur's uniform or they're wearing the cafe's uniform which means that like there's not a whole lot of opportunities to like change around what they're dressed in and so they're like quick fashion show during the first opening minute and 28 seconds and and in the ending too they kind of do that same thing that's true where i'm like mildly disappointed i don't see too much of that you know it's like i thought that the slice of life scene where they go shopping was kind of cool Um, yeah the aquarium is always nice yeah like it's just slightly uh, like some of the things okay so so outfits kind of go a long way in anime um i think that when a show is able to commit to like multiple outfits like that i think it, it works really well um for my enjoyment um the crazy example if you ever watch movies uh there's a the movie called in the mood for love it's a from i want to say it was like 
early to early 2000s um very classic hong kong cinema uh mm-hmm. but basically it was like this this one character she she never wears the same outfit twice and she's like the main lead and so it's like every cut scene every scene transition it's just, it's just completely different outfit and it's like it's these sort of things where i'm like man this budget must have been so insane for the wardrobe on that to get the wardrobe like, department must have been going insane yeah yeah no it's it's but it's like one of those things where i'm like because there was so much attention to detail in that sort of elaborate um design it like goes a long way into like the character um itself in the movie as well as like kind of like the overall themes so like, it was just oh so good watch that movie okay i'll put it on my list it'll be on the list with literally everything else yeah what else because i mean i also really like the other characters within the cafe i think low-key like kurumi is like my favorite character out of the whole show i think she has like the funniest one-liners she does she is she is very much the like sarcastic one-liner character or like the fact that she's like the the hacker alter ego is known as Walnut. I remember there was like yeah. one random blink and you miss it where people she has her fans and like someone called it Walnutting. <laughs> they're cheering her on, and I was like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I I like the whole group. Um, I I think maybe I would have liked a little more of uh, Misaki. Is that her name? Mizu- Mizuki. Yeah. Mizuki. Yeah. Um, the because like she is very much like yeah kurumi is like the super hacker and little girl kind of like haha the the difference between your expectations and reality kind of character but then mizuki is literally just Just like disaster (laughs) like like you know adult woman drunk single like it's it is a common trope but I would have liked to perhaps see a little more development of that so that she isn't just, you know, sad single woman. Yeah. Was she also like a licorice at one point? Because I remember in canon, it's like they're licorice until they're 18 conveniently. And then I don't know what happens then if they just like, quote, retire them like old yeller or something. Or if they just like say okay have fun joining real society after you've like killed all the people in the name of the state yeah like i i i don't don't know they have not really addressed that part but it's i mean if you're watching this show it's like yeah uh it's very apparent that a society built on schoolgirl secret police is probably not the greatest interest in everyone's minds just let the cute girls do cute things let it happen yeah (laughs) i'm just remembering all the random kurumi one-liners i just i think the one that like if we go back to like voice acting that really stood out to me my Mm -hmm. favorite is just like the eating noises where there was like one part where there was like some sort of chase scene and she was just like haha i did it now my for my reward and she's just like eating a bowl like of strawberries or something and she's like 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 that's very good. It fits in with her little like avatar because she her her little like hacker avatar is like a chipmunk or something. It was just funny because it was just like I've seen this kind of joke in other things, but it was just like the sound design that was just so different. Like I've shown you some clips from like Smiling Friends, right? Where it was like yeah, where some of it like the animation is like so wild, but then like the 
some of the jokes are just purely in the sound. Yeah. With like the, the hard candy joke. Was like, like, it's just so like, I don't, I don't want to call it underutilized, but there's definitely a lot of space that. I think people, yeah, it's, it's not enough emphasis oftentimes is put onto how it, it like the words might not be funny, but if you can, if you can make just the sound or visuals a little bit more absurd, it actually makes people laugh. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that like Licorice Recoil has done a lot is just really, really emphasize the performance and the sound, and it's um, just just overall like a really impressive show from just that merit. I mean, I don't even want to talk about the visuals, even though like the visuals are really good. It's just like things that yeah. stick out. I'm like, wow, I really, really hope this becomes like like a more standardized thing for for voice um voice work or production i mean i i think that it's got a ton of things that just really i really enjoyed out of it is i don't know how to like phrase that but like the, the points sound good yeah, there sound we go. good i can't articulate why but actually like there's so many elements that like were very much <laughs> makes like, your ears smile yeah there was a lot of hard work into it I think I think this is getting into a technical aspect where like we know it's good, but trying to explain why it's good requires a much like an actual education. Yeah, and now that we're running to like about ten minutes left or more, depending on how much we ramble, there is like kind of like that other bit of news that also has to do with voice acting that um, just yeah. came out in the last day or so that conveniently we could also seg into this section called... Yeah, I thought we were going to do it right after the chart check, but then we just jumped into... We just jumped into it, yeah, but it's fine. Too I'm going to call this section, quote, what did Crunchyroll do this time? And Oh quote, my god. Uh, and if, I, if, if Crunchyroll does another thing that uh, people talk about, then we'll discuss it again next time. Hopefully this will not become a segment that recurs often enough that I'll think about trying to make a uh, make a little sound effect for it. Honestly, it would just be the uh, Price is Right failure bum, noise. Bum, just bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So anyway, do you wanna do you wanna discuss or do you want me to? Uh, I mean, you tell me. What did Crunchyroll do this time? All right. So uh, a couple days ago, um, the. English dub voice actor for Shigeo Kageyama, also known as Mob, uh, posted a video um, saying like, hey, in all likelihood, there's going to be a chance that I'm not going to be the voice of Mob for season three of Mob Psycho 100 and kind of explained the reason why that was the case. And long story short, um, Crunchyroll has not been working historically has not worked with uh sag aftra which is the union for you know basically the entertainment industry so it's for actors um and other kind of production folks uh in the entertainment industry in hollywood sag uh which was the the first uh, iteration of it was called the screen actors guild so you know it's the union um and a lot of companies have to do do union work through union contracts, which are pretty standardized and come with extra carve-outs uh, and protections for actors and voice actors, so on and so forth. Um, that doesn't mean that every piece of work is union work. There's a lot of non-union work and a lot of anime dubbing is non-union. Uh, McCarley basically was like, yeah, I kind of explained to them that uh, I wanted to have like Crunchyroll 
this is this is the thing that like really got people kind of like shocked, which is McCarley didn't even ask for like a SAG contract. He asked for a Crunchyroll to just talk with people about maybe having one in the future. And they still basically said no. Uh, and then released uh, a very cheery PR thing of like, we're so excited to, you know, to produce the... Yeah, it's like, oh no. I, they they provided an official statement. I'm reading one of the Polygon articles. Oh, I didn't see the, the I didn't see their statement yet. I saw it all. Yeah, I'll read. Let me read it to you real quick. Let me read it to you okay, real quick. I'm going to put raw, my. I like, so I'll, I'll give you my raw, unfiltered anger. Crunchyroll is excited to bring fans worldwide the dub for the third season of Mob Psycho 100 as a simul dub, the same day and date as the Japanese broadcast. We'll be producing the English dub at our Dallas production studios, and to accomplish this seamlessly per our production and casting guidelines, we will need to recast some roles. We're excited for fans to enjoy the new voice talent and greatly thank any departing cast for their contributions to previous seasons. Eat it, Kyle. <laughs> that's like all. It, that's all. That's all I heard was just like. It is. Yeah, it's basically like Kyle. Um, somebody said, "Hey, the long story short is there is a voice actor who made a perfectly reasonable request in good faith, and Crunchyroll's response was to be like, nah. Uh, and then put out and then put out PR that's like, we're very excited for the thing that we're producing. So wait, 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 wait. So. This is, it's September 21st. The dub comes out on the 5th of October. The dub comes out on the October 5th. I forgot to weave in a, do you remember the 21st day of September joke here? So I'm going to do that now. Uh, but, ba -do -do, ba -do -do. yeah, but they have two weeks to release the episode simul dub from today. Yeah. And they just fired mob from it. Yes. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't fire him. They're they're rehi. They're recasting. They're recasting. They don't even know who's going to be mob right now. I am like fully convinced that. Oh, it's going to be a train wreck. Oh my gosh! There's no way it's releasing on the same day, right? Like, well, and here's here's the other thing. Um, a lot of a lot of other voice actors have kind of come out in solidarity. Yeah. With with um. With McCarley, like, I know I saw a tweet uh, from Sean Chiplock who's like, yeah, no, the union is really important and talked about how under, like, the amount of money that he makes or originally started making, uh, if he wanted to get a policy through, like, Covered California just for himself, it would have been, like, $230 a month. And through the union, for him and his wife, it is $560 per quarter. Which breaks down to like, which breaks down to like $130 a month. Yeah. And like the big problem is like within voice acting, um, they're not all. It's a small union. community. It's very, and it's very small and tight knit, which is why I'm, I'm surprised that Crunchyroll went this way. Um, because I, I don't think for a lot of it that I guess what, what Carl, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle McCarley, I almost say Carl McKiley, um, Kyle McCarley did. <laughs> He just kind of brought saying, okay, we're going to bring this to the table. I mean, he's already like been the lead for two seasons. Um, yeah, he's got and a ton of other roles within mm -hmm. the industry uh, from video games and English. Um, so it, it's not even like he made an unreasonable request saying, hey, pay us like way more 
than what the actual rate is going to be. It wasn't even that. He was asking for, like, can we have a conversation about maybe paying us industry rates in the future? Yeah, so that wouldn't even apply to, like, this particular cycle. And, like, I know that not all of the majority of voice actors are part of SAG-AFTRA. That's, that's not how it works. I mean, a lot of it's very much Wild West of we're going to go to L.A., we're going to go to NorCal, we're going to try to find... You're trying to get whatever you can get, and there's casters that are trying to find whatever. Like, we know this because we've talked to some of these people that do this sort of work. And um, so, like, it's not really, like, like he does not make an unreasonable request just to say, hey, this is a thing. Because if he's not the first, if he's the first to do it, um, somebody else was probably going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. And... There's a lot of voice actors within this industry that have that that kind of talent that have this I don't I don't want to call it like the the they have like kind of like a Twitch persona, if that makes sense. Like some some voice actors are very marketable as themselves now, which is yeah, something that they didn't absolutely. have like ten years ago. Like you have now uh Matt Mercer has spun that off into his own completely different property where he started out voice acting, still does voice act work, but is like but now, now also does stuff like Critical Role and Critical like other, Role, and then things. that 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 also spawned uh, Legend of Vox Popula, or yeah, the the Amazon show on Critical Role that yeah. he voices characters in too, which is his own property with all this other stuff. Like, like that's already got a lot of star power because that's not just like oh, a fantasy show with Matt Mercer. This is this is the Matt Mercer show. So I and, I'm kind of shocked that they go through this because it really burns a lot of bridges, I guess, within other um voice actors it creates the thing it, it creates a lot of bad pr that didn't need to happen crunchyroll could have just said yeah we'll talk with you and then just gone into the talks already knowing the answer was no we're not going to be doing union work yeah and then they would just wouldn't cast them in the future for some of the other stuff but yeah but it's 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 shocking because from other cases where voice work had to get stripped away from stuff like like right at the last minute that happened in some cases for like video games, um, but like for extremely heinous circumstances, like like the person yeah. was like super canceled, um, did some bad stuff, uh, very public on that, very very bad, and like some companies just did wouldn't want to work with that, so so they they were able to kind of strip that stuff away. But like it's really different when it's a role. Um, especially because like voice acting, I mean, it's, it's acting, you know, it's like, you, how are you going yeah. to replace this actor at the last minute with this? Um, so I yeah. don't know how the quality of the dub is going to work. I don't know. We'll find if, out in two weeks. I don't know if other like people are going to be okay with it now. Like what if other voice actors or actresses like decide to not be part of the dub from that and solitaire? Like they basically like are going to like unintentionally seed the grounds for like unionization within this mob cast. Um, if, if they do pull through that, not saying that like we know, cause like we really don't know. We just know the facts are uh, Kyle McCarley asked for like just one um, thing. They said no. And they fired him for that. They're trying to replace him on this. And he had to go out and, uh, talk so Crunchyroll is trying to hit this simul dub target which they do for a lot of their shows of releasing the dub and the sub on the same day of the release 
I don't know how they're going to uh, pull this off with it. Like, I, I, maybe, maybe they're somehow able to like. So, from this initial article, they reached out to uh, McCarley on September eighth to work on season three of the Dubs. So, like, I don't know if that's just something you can just hammer out in a month. Well, I mean, what it probably would have been, since it's a returning thing, is like basically they're like, hey. We want you to come back. And it would have been probably similar to the previous contract that he had for seasons one and two. It's just that he and he kind of said as much in his video message, which I'll I'll put a link to the to the tweet in the YouTube video in the description. But uh, is like, yeah, he basically tried to was like the show's really popular. And so uh, maybe because of this popularity, it might be a chance to get Crunchyroll to budge on their like never doing any SAG contracts. And, you know, he he shot a shot and uh it 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 didn't happen which you know you can't blame the guy for trying it is pretty sketch first of all that they that they try to like reach out to finalize these contracts so late like september 8th is still less than a month before you're supposed to have a finished product i don't think i've ever seen contract turn around that fast um and then in addition to that, I, I do want to clarify that it's not because of the situation of like them of Crunchyroll reaching out to be like, hey, work for us again. Uh, they, they didn't fire him. They just didn't renew his contract, which I know is effectively the same thing. But it's the 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 the, the nuance is important here, especially with something like uh, like unionization and, yeah. and kind of labor disputes. But the other thing. So like for like Crunchyroll basically decided to pick the option that blows up in their face and then i don't know maybe just were curious to see how much damage control they were gonna have to do uh because again they had an option that would have cost them basically nothing and would have avoided all of this but they picked literally the worst option but uh right after this and this is a tweet that got posted yesterday um was they updated the like cancel membership thing like if you try to cancel your membership they take it takes you to a page that basically says um your action's gonna hurt the studios it's got the support the industry premium members help make premium anime did you know that part of what you go and goes to uh, part of what you pay goes to anime studios so they can keep making the anime you love plus you also help support our amazing events like Crunchyroll expo and the anime awards are you sure you want to cancel uh which can I is also cancel? Because like, like I'm just staring at my best villain award for Crunchyroll awards, and I I think Crunchyroll Crunchyroll wins best. Villain I think award. Crunchyroll is the villain, not Isabel. Yeah. Isabel did nothing wrong apparently. She's just doing her job. <laughs> She's just doing her um, job. But like that is that just screams like, "Oops, we didn't expect this many people to unsubscribe from our platform for this." But at the same time, maybe they knew that was going to happen. I don't know very much about website, like, page writing or whatever. But I feel like if you're going to have something like this on your website, you kind of have to know that something's going south to begin with so that you can prepare it. I mean, yeah, I, I, we could have a whole series on just where does the money go if I spend $5 at Crunchyroll or $10 a month, like... There's a lot that gets skimmed off the top that it, it's it, like you could barely say that it goes back. Um, 
Everybody takes a pe- everybody takes a slice of the pizza before it actually makes it to the yeah. Studio. No, it, like it, it just it just bothers me when I see that just because it's just like no, they're not synonymous with the uh, anime industry and yeah, like paying through Crunchyroll does provide more money to the studio than straight up stealing it, but that's because uh, you know any percent of zero is still zero, like it's a low bar to clear. They could give 10 cents and be like, you know, this supports the studios more than piracy. And they'd technically be correct because 10 cents is more than nothing. But there's a lot of there's a lot of middlemen in the production structure. I'm not going to get into that here. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing. So like so McCartland ended up putting out like a pretty interesting tweet thread on like kind of the main thing as well. It kind of summarizes it because yeah. the, I think the big question is because voice actors are largely freelance um yeah. you don't know where your next work is going to come from just because of the nature of the work and it's very short bursts of just hey let's do these lines that's it that's your you're no longer need for the rest of the production um so so he put out a statement and it goes as as such so Unions protect the workers they represent chiefly by giving them collective bargaining power, meaning that instead of negotiating the terms of your employment individually, one-on-one, the union negotiates uh, baseline minimums for everyone all at once. This generally leads to better terms for all workers because as a collective, you have sway in these negotiations, how much you get paid, how long your hours are, how hard these hours are, how often you get breaks or time off, what safety precautions are taken, etc. Um... It says, just one example of how SAG-AFTRA, the, the union contract, helps voice over performers specifically is by negotiating terms that protect us from vocally stressful work. We often have to do a lot of screaming and shouting on the job, but our contracts ensure it's never for too long a time. Our unions also have gone to great lengths to educate both us and our employers on the dangers of vocally stressful work. And there are plenty of other benefits, but the big one I want to point out are the health insurance and retirement fund. America doesn't have universal health insurance, which again we could we could talk about that and other things. Uh, we pay for coverage, which can be expensive and often doesn't cover everything. Some workers can get it from their employers, which often means better, more affordable coverage. But that's not possible for performance because we're freelancers. We work for a lot of different employers in very short bursts, so it wouldn't make any financial sense for any of them to give us health and retirement benefits on their own. That's where the SAG after comes in. By collecting a small percentage on top of our fee for every job we work on, SAG-AFTRA funds a phenomenal health plan that's very affordable for qualifying members as well as a retirement plan. These are huge reasons for actors to work mean. I could probably go on for days about this, but those are the big bullet points I wanted to cover for those unfamiliar slash uncertain about the benefits of unionization that wouldn't fit in this video. So, TLDR, they're not making Crunchyroll fund the health plan. It's just kind of a little bit of a skim it off the top for... The, it's like how your taxes go to pay for social security and all the other stuff. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pretty standardized thing because again, it's only gonna be for like whatever that contract length is gonna be, which could just be like the show, the two to three week production. Well, it's gonna be two weeks now because they apparently have two. Well, weeks it's gonna be it's it's it it's ten weeks for for dubbing a show. If you're simul dubbing, it's it's however long the season is. Yeah, but it's just and then yeah, because they still have that. I don't know. If, how would I describe it? So, so it's coming out from Bones. Bones has pretty much already finished the season as far yes. as animation. Like it's all done. Like they 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 yes. finished this work on Mob Psycho three, a full season before release. Like, before release, which which is not the standard. It should be, 
So it's a pretty big standard that they've been setting, and that's what they were doing for uh, Boongo Stray Dogs is also in that same boat. You have season four coming up uh, next year, and it's pretty much almost done. It's almost like giving yourself a buffer allows for better work. Yeah, yeah, almost like plan. Yeah, exactly. Like somehow planning your logistics wins a lot of uh, battles that anime production ends up facing. Who knew? Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, I know. So, but like this is uh, the the you know poor pay conditions uh, have been kind of a running thing for a while. It's just this is the first time that that's really come to a head Uh, and so it's kind of it's making waves and uh, i'm glad that it is more people should be should be paying attention to this kind of stuff i don't want to talk about not anime stuff for too long but i think it's interesting that this comes up um at the same time that all the american freight railroads are all the unions involved in that are in the process of probably their there's a tentative agreement that got struck last Friday, and if everything goes the way I want it to, all the unions are going to reject it, and then they're going to go on strike, and then the entire economy is going to lose like twenty percent. I, I I hope not. I've I, I've been, <laughs> dude. Like I was like, bro, should I stock up toilet paper again? Like I was thinking that like when they were talking about that story because it was like, yeah, all like within like a day all of your supply lines are going to completely break down, and I'm like, absolutely, uh, no. <laughs> please no give give the real workers what they want because also that I, I don't want to go too much into that story but like that one is like just as bad it's so so bad what's, what's going on with them like it's it's like you're honestly like i was i was surprised at all of the the conditions that real workers had to go through that it's so messed up they have their own unique labor laws as well congress can make it elite can pass a bill to make it illegal for them to strike yeah, that's a, uh... which is pretty messed up. I would curse more, but I know that it's not our policy. Uh, there's expletives laden in a lot of that. I will post a link to a very good, um, slightly outdated now uh, because of how fast the situation is moving, but a very good explanation of all that in the description uh, from a podcast called Work Stoppage. Um, but anyway, back to anime. Uh, yeah, it's messed up, and the response by the response from Crunchyroll has been extraordinarily tone deaf. What can you do? Uh, if you want Crunchyroll, if you want to make Crunchyroll aware that you are upset about it, uh, cancel your subscription. Do it. Is there like a thing to say like my reason is because of this? Like, uh, I don't know if there's a reason for that, but if you do it like now or in the next couple of days, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily, you know, correlation in this particular case is probably they, they would causation pay for sure. I would the, pay attention numbers, to that if suddenly like they, internally, yeah. I'm sure they're, they, they're tracking that. Um, because I mean, they put up a little thing that says, Hey, please don't cancel your membership, which wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. I have to double check on that one. Cause like, I have no idea. I, if I do too. was like real or if that was just like another thing. Cause like, that's the hard part with like Twitter of like, what's what what is just the manufactured outrage and like what is the things that i should be outraged over for real <laughs> yeah um, it seems from a the pretty reasonable uh, account mm-hmm. cancel your control subscriptions if you want i i was i don't want to necessarily see that's a firm call to action but if you are unhappy with what control is doing cancel your subscription yeah and if somehow we get blacklisted for saying that then i'll also add on to that be like then then our the official position of anime trending is going to be that uh 
You'll hear I, me from beyond the grave. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this being like these are kind of just our opinions as the the Nico and James kind of show right now. So yeah, uh, we've worked with Crunchyroll and other stuff in the past, and uh, yeah, we have. And I know people that work there that are very nice people. I just don't feel privy to this whole like stripping people's livelihoods for no reason yeah. sort of thing there's it's kind of weird there's a lot of there's a lot of industry ickiness that normally we don't talk about because um there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that nick and i don't know about but uh this time it's all out there in the open so let's talk about it so yeah that's a big thing that's going on the story may or may not develop if it does then we might cover it again later but yeah, um, you can just look at the tweets if you want to kind of check it out and see what's up. Yeah, and if some and if something pops up in the next week, it'll be my next session of what did Crunchyroll do this time? Yeah, yeah. Any other closing thoughts? I, I don't have anything else. Yeah. So okay. So thank everyone for listening to the uh, podcast. You can find us at Any Trends Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Nico the Neko. Uh, you can follow me at, at Konochioda. Send me all of your rare pairs. Yeah, send the rare pairs. Send the not-so-rare pairs. Send your best pairs. Uh, I, all that good stuff. I don't know how to finish that one, but send send them. Just send them. If you send enough, we'll, we'll, we'll rate your taste. Uh, I'll ra- <laughs> We'll just describe them over the, the audio, and you'll just like have to imagine what this ship looks like or... You can listen to us butcher all your favorite characters, because I guarantee you, you'll you'll send us some from shows we haven't watched. Or we could ask like other people within the staff of like anime trending, like, do, like how how rare is this pair actually? Um, like whether they have thoughts on yeah, exactly. We could definitely pool enough resources to be like, well, how would you ship this? <laughs> um, if we need to get second opinions on some of that stuff. If you're tired from hearing from just the two of us, uh, let us know so that we can show Gracie that she is sorely missed. Yeah, if not, you can find her right now on the Girl Taku podcast, uh, which also has its own set of episodes releasing every week. Um, yep, you can find. Girl Talking, you can find the Anime Trending Podcast wherever you get major podcasts. We're on Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbean, we're on uh, other websites. I don't know. I press the button and it releases everywhere and it's very powerful. Um, Yeah. Our last episode was, I'm looking at the name right now, Goodbye JoJo. I love the title because it was the combination of Goodbye Dongles and JoJo. But we get to say it like, Goodbye JoJo. That was the goal. Yeah, no, I'm reading it. I'm like, yep, I love it. Good name. Good name, James. Anyway, I will see you all next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.